Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Blurred Box. I'm Chloe. I'm Pooja. I'm Sophie. I'm Andrew. And I'm Clifford. And we're going to be continuing off our conversation from the college process that we touched back in one or two episodes past. We gave our personal insights as to the seniors' decisions and application process in the midst of COVID. And we're going to retackle that same conversation, but now with some professional help. Today, we have Dr. Adam Lips, Stanford OHS's Head of College Counseling. We brought him on the show in one of our earlier episodes for season one, and today we are looking to get his perspective as a college counselor on applying during COVID-19. To start us off, how has your year been, Dr. Lips? Uh, you, you know, like everyone else, it's been interesting. Um, it's been different you know, just in working with students. Uh, but, you know, honestly, like the day-to-day things that I do because I work at an online high school, like it hasn't been all that, you know, different with my day-to-day. Now, everything going on around me has definitely changed things. But Would you say it's like been a good or bad year to be Dr. Lips? It's always a, it's always a great year to be. Uh... <laughs> Fair. <laughs> no, I Apologies. mean, I like, sorry. No, no, I mean, but honestly, like, I'm really fortunate in that, you know, I work with a bunch of, of really impressive and, and motivated and interesting people. It makes my job a lot easier, you know, because I'm, I'm talking to students and talking about them to colleges. So, um, you know, in that way, it was really, it was really no, no different. You know, there were a couple new wrinkles that got thrown into it. But again, fundamentally what I do, it was, it was still pretty good. Is it a bit far-fetched to ask what those wrinkles are given the, these times? Well, I think that you're pretty much aware of them, right? Like, like, like anything that you can think of that, that changed about college admissions, um, you mm. know, the test, the move to test optional, the inability to visit colleges, um, you know, those, those types of things that were pandemic related that, that were affecting students. Those were kind of the, the wrinkles that we had to, to deal with, right, and have conversations about what that might mean for someone who's applying. Yeah, so let's talk about that then. Like, um, what are those, what is the impact from your perspective on like how largely or how little has that impacted the process? Because honestly, from my perspective, the campus visits from, that's maybe me just not living in the US, Mm -hmm. but like for that, for me, that wasn't that big of a factor. I can just, this is going to sound really bad, go on Google Earth and just, you know, click that little button around campus and go, all right, I'm getting such a feel for, I don't know, for wherever I'm looking at, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, where do you want to start? I mean, I guess if, if you're looking for kind of a silver lining type situation and one thing that the college that I think really improved on was because they couldn't take on visitors and couldn't do on-campus information sessions, you know, they were forced to put those things all online. Um, so, you know, instead of, oh, I have to go to Boston, you know, and go to these five schools in order to see their info sessions. In one day, you could, from your bedroom, you know, do a, do a college visit info session at a school in Boston, one in Chicago, one in LA, one in Miami. You could do that all in one day. That wasn't anything that, that people could, could ever do before. And it's sort of like what took you so long to, you know, kind of get out there and, um, you know, be able to make it more widely available to people. So I think that that was in the kind of research department, that was a, that was a good outcome of this. And I hope it's something that they continue, you know, going forward. 
I know. I've, I've personally been, I'm a junior, so I've personally been looking at all these virtual info sessions and they've been really helpful. And I, I didn't expect it to be this easy online. Like I thought I had to go and travel. So I really appreciated the change. I, I had a quick question though. In addition to ha- like using these resources, like virtual info sessions, like how would you recommend the seniors and also for me, juniors to navigate this kind of climate um, when everything's coming in virtual and you can't really visit campus and also like how to navigate the test optional space? Yeah, sure. Well, before we do that, I want to get to Andrew's um, facial expression on when you said those have been really helpful. He gave a um, like yeah, a sideways was, look. Yeah, I was doing all of these virtual info sessions last year. I'm a senior now. Um, and for me, I mean, I got they were good. And like there was definitely some valuable information in there. But also like for me, a lot of the schools that I was looking at, it was almost verbatim um, the same things at a lot of these schools of like, we have a holistic admissions process. Um, I heard the word holistic too many times. And like, here's like, we have the most clubs and activities and we have something for you. And so for me, like, I don't know how different that would be if you're actually visiting the schools, but I think at least if you get to walk around, you sort of hopefully can at least get some semblance of a vibe for lack of better word. So I thought that was sort of a disappointment to me. You forgot bit. to mention the, the big school feel and small school resources exactly. and the, <laughs> and the um, study abroad opportunities as well. But I mean, I think you're right. Like it doesn't really change. They don't change that much from, from place to place. And you do miss out on walking around. But I mean, there are sometimes, you know, some differences and then you can get a feel, I, I think a little bit, you can read the, the person and the way that they conduct their admission process and, and get a sense uh, for that. And then, you know, Sophie, so you're looking for kind of advice and, and things, right, for, for a younger student. I mean, I think you, you have to, you know, you have to take and, and use what's, what's available to you. So, I mean, I think the info sessions are, are good, you know, first of all, just to get a lay of the land and see kind of what the expectations are. I think listening to questions in those sessions can be really helpful and insightful um, because, you know, one, you can see how the admission officer answers the questions and you can see what kind of questions people are asking. And then what I really encourage people to do is as your list starts to focus a little bit more and you can really understand and, and know what kinds of things you're looking for. Um, you know, to really kind of drill down into the school, you know, so if you're really interested in chemical engineering, like explore that department a little bit um, through this, you know, college websites are notoriously bad. Um, But I I think, you know, if if you can go, if you have an interest in a subject area, you can go into a department, you can see who the faculty are, what they're teaching, um, what their research interests are, and then maybe even even contact them if, if you're more of an academic focused student. If you're more interested in the social life and, and things of a place, you know, you can talk to students who are at the school. Um, you know, so, so I think like really doing careful and thorough research with what's available to you is kind of the, the, the best thing to do, which sounds obvious. I, I, most of the things I say sound obvious and I'm pretty sorry. <laughs> Can I ask something that you might not have such an obvious answer to, I think, um, that I think Sophie touched on too, but to me, sort of the big wrinkle from this year, I think, and moving into the future too, is going test optional mm-hmm. um, at a lot of these schools. 
And so, I mean, to me, it felt like something that sort of was a while in the making and COVID really accelerated. But I was wondering how you feel about that for this year, for the future, how you think it changes the landscape. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, so I, I, like my bias is, is like I'm, I'm for less testing, not more testing. You know, we don't need to like relitigate the, the history of the standardized testing and then even what standardized testing means. Um, and, you know, how it's been used and, and you know, all, all those kind of things. Um, you know, so I like that places have, have gone test optional. I think it's probably overall, it's more fair, actually, even though tests are supposed to be standardized and, and supposed to be fair. Um, you know, so I like that. I think it, it gives colleges the opportunity to, um, you know, take maybe more chances on some students who they wouldn't have otherwise, you know, so there's a, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know, like what the future of it's going to be. I don't know if everyone's going to, going to s stick with it. Um, I think that tests are probably still going to continue to, to play a role because you have Sorry, I'm talking a lot, but you have all these forces at work, you know, like the, the college board, which is like a huge, you know, massive force and then, and, then, and then the colleges. But then you also have like really important schools and systems like the University of California saying that we're not gonna use tests anymore, you know? And, and I think that that's important. So it'll be something that will be interesting and to, to pay attention to, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not a direct answer. And then it's all also all speculation. I just had a quick question about like, well, two questions. So one of the questions was there's been a huge rise in applications from what I heard um, compared mm -hmm. to previous years. Mm -hmm. And so my first question was with regards to whether you think there's a correlation between that and it being test optional. And I guess how that will be like how that will affect like the admissions process this year, or like who gets admitted, um, if that changes because of the test optional? Sure. I mean, and so first of all, I'll say, I mean, all of the decisions haven't come back yet, right? So we're still sort of sorting through everything. Um, we're still waiting for, you know, for, for quite a few to come back and, and you know, then we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, yes, the colleges have told us their application numbers are up. Um, I think it's likely due in part to the test optional situation. So while someone may have in the past tested and felt like, oh, I'm in the lower 25% at all these schools, like I might as well not apply. Now they're still presenting with great grades, good activities, you know, engaged and all this kind of stuff. And they're, and they're going to give it a shot. So maybe that's part of it. And then I think that application numbers also go up when uncertainty goes up, you know, because people are trying to cover more um, area and, and try to give themselves more options in, in that way. What you're saying reminded me of something I actually heard in info session. Um, it was more just a general comment, but it was basically making like a comparison between like the toppings on a pizza and um, like constructing your application, basically saying for a business test optional thing, that you know the, the way things are moving, it's more about kind of constructing like your kind of pizza of your application, like basically with the toppings being you know different parts. You know, one of them's the tests, which now you can either put on there or not put on there. And then your various extracurriculars. I mean, in the past, you know, applications just been very much 
focused on, you know, checking those boxes and you have to have your test, you have to have all these variety of things, but I mean, with, with the test optional movement, I mean, do you think that applications are moving to a space where it's more about kind of constructing a story and less about checking boxes and there's going to be kind of more freedom for students to kind of construct their own narrative for colleges? So I, I think, yes. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it hasn't, and, and so this is the college admission people will tell you, like it, it hasn't fundamentally changed, right? That's what they probably keep saying to you or, or, you, or you hear something along those lines. Um, you know, it's, it's actually always been about, you know, the, the description that, that, that you used of, of, of creating a story, creating a narrative, and, and then, you know, presenting aspects of yourself and your personality and, and, and all those kind of things. You know, in, in that regard, you, you know, things don't really change that much. It's just that when, when you add the tests in as, as a required portion of the application, um, and then, I don't even know if I'm gonna articulate this right. Well, when you, when you add the, the, the tests in as, as part of the application, um, and then you think about how much colleges have, especially in the past like 30, 40 years, been concerned about their rankings um, and, and their ratings and their selectivity and all those kind of things. And that being a direct like indicator of that, you know, so they, they had to pay attention to it as, as, as a thing, you know, whereas, and, and then there are probably students who, because their test score, quite frankly, wasn't measuring up to what they had come to expect from applicants and, and what else is in their applicant pool, there are situations where that student wouldn't be admitted. But when we remove that, you know, you can still create, you can still send your, your great and amazing narrative, you know, that doesn't become a negative anymore. And then you, you could be admitted, you, you know, to, to explain, I, I think that, that it's, it's just like, if you have a test score and it's good, you know, however you deem that to be, you should stick it on your application to, to demonstrate that you have that good test score. But I, I mean, I also think, I mean, along the lines of, of test scores, I think that it, there are different expectations from, from different people. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm being completely honest, like if you're from a well, like a well-resourced area, school, um, you know, place with a high college going population, you know, there's probably going to be almost, even in a test optional situation, there, there's probably the colleges won't say this, but I think there's going to be the expectation of a test and there's going to be expectation mm -hmm. of an exam that is in the, what they would consider to be high or, or upper 25%. Um, you know, that's how it's probably going to be. And if you're from a less resourced area or places where historic tests are historically not high, um, that's not going to probably be an expectation for you. Um, and from my perspective, that is a good thing in the sense that then the test does not become a barrier from, for, you know, for those, for those students. Um, Yet there's still that expectation for those that 
like if you're like you said the first option that you have a high going college population et cetera et cetera if you don't fulfill that then is that kind of like you know brownie points off of your application right (laughs) is that kind of what's being implied right yeah i mean i i don't so i i and i also will agree with admission people like like people roll their eyes when they're like oh it's it's the office of admission not the office of denial or whatever you know that like one of those admission jokes that that you know when you go to the session like six I've people never heard it but it, it sounds good wait you've never heard him say that andrew no i've never heard it either oh we're the office of admission not the office of rejection ho, ho, ho. <laughs> like, that, right? like okay so um I, I mean i don't think that i but i honestly don't think they're looking to ding people right like the, the application, that's why I, I kind of like push back on students when they say, oh, I got rejected. Like nobody rejected you from the school. Like rejecting you sounds like, oh, I see this. Like that's terrible, right? I'm gonna throw <laughs> it away. That's like a rejection. You were just not offered admission, which I would say is denied. I think the language kind of matters. Like, and I don't think that people get dinged necessarily, except in the really, really uber highly selective pools mm-hmm. I don't think that you're getting like points off I just think that you you know you're maybe not adding to your you know your your profile or um, I don't even know the word to use like your your potential candidacy or whatever yeah it makes sense I get what you mean from that mm-hmm. I wanted to ask actually you know how everything now is a different era we're in online virtual learning for everyone. It's not just OHS. How do you think if like anything else, these schools or, I mean, schools as in the universities, they look at us differently or like, let's say for example, OHS, right? We're always online. Do they have a better or worse perspective of everyone else in comparison to before now that, you know, everyone's moved on to online. There's been Mm -hmm. cases of like, you know, last year our seniors were like, give us pass fail all grades in senior year. Um, other schools, I don't know how they're faring. Andrew, Clifford, you guys can probably give input to how yeah, training I was is. About, I was about to say like our second semester junior year grades, which are like generally pretty important grades were all mm-hmm. passed fail. And so like, I think that's a pretty big change. Yeah. yeah. They did uh, the regular grading system this year though. Cause I think the idea was they sort of worked out, you know, the difficulties of last year and smoothed their process now. So, okay. So how did your college counselors kind of like advise you through that? And then I guess Dr. Lips can give his perspective on how he might have a different see, they, I'm so, Why didn't you talk to their college? Like they have good college counselors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we told you, you're, you were our last resort. We, we had to bring you on. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I mean, the advice that I got essentially was like, you have your grades and like, they are what they are at that point and like, make sure you pass and like, also junior year, like I was trying to have teachers write good recommendations for me. Mm. Um, and so like stay attentive. And also like, I mean, I'm sort of a nerd, so I was paying attention anyway. But like in this year too, which was I think when we came off of pass fail and back to regular grading of like mm. now these grades are extra important too. Um, so that was sort of the advice that I received. Yeah, I wasn't really I'm speaking directly with my college counselor since that was just my sophomore year. Um, but so my, my personal attitude was that, you know, I still do want to make a good impression on these teachers. And also, for the most part, I was like interested in the course material. So I wanted to work for that reason. But yeah, I viewed it as positive because, I mean, I, I, there were some there were some assignments I would have liked to do. And, you know, it was kind of a, a random cutoff. But 
know, overall, it felt like the best thing for the situation. I, I think everything, and, the, and again, this is another thing that the colleges will, will say over it. Everything is viewed in, in, in context, you know? So if you've heard that before, yeah. Yes, that one I've heard. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Yes. 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 And, and again, another thing that they say a lot, but another thing that is completely true, um, you know, which makes this, this thing, you know, which, which people often want to do, well, I did this, how is, my, how, is, how is my performance or my GPA or my grades going to be looked at compared to the public school kid down the street or the kid that goes to the Catholic school across town, you know what I mean? And, you know, I would, I just want to say like, it doesn't work that way. It's the, the colleges will look at your situation, see what was available to you and what was offered for, to you, and then make a determination if, if it's, you know, if, if you're meeting whatever, you know, like criterion they, that they, that they want. Um, I mean, I, I think that for OHS, you know, specifically, if we're talking about our school, and, and this goes for Trinity as well, it's like, it's, it's very difficult to graduate from these schools and not be well prepared to, to be a great college student, okay? And sort of that's the, that's the bar that we wanna make sure that, that the colleges wanna make sure that people are clearing, okay? And, um, you know, and the vast majority of people who graduate from our school, from your school, are going to clear that bar. And, and people are not being admitted unless they're applying to like a really specific program or, you know, maybe in another country. They're not being admitted on like just the strength of their academic program. It's sort of like it's reviewed. We look at your program and maybe in the past looked at test scores or, or not, right? And we say, oh, great student can do well here, right? Like that box is, is checked. Now let's look at the rest of it. And then further, let's look at the rest of our applicant pool. And then this factor, this factor, that factor. And that's where the decision is, is made, you know? Mm. I, and, and so I think that like OHS is, is, we've been around long enough and sent hundreds of applications to all of these, you know, places that it's a known quantity like many other places and yeah. So okay. I don't think it's like an advantage to have been someplace that's online in, in you know, and, and I don't think that there's concern even, you know, for like, I know the public school down here is basically like just kind of shut down, you know, and then it was pass fail. People weren't even do it. It wasn't totally shut down. Okay. <laughs> okay. But they, they, you know, it's, it's like, it did shut down for a little, like everything closed for a while. And then they're like, okay, we're going to go back to virtual. And then like the virtual learning, because it's a big, massive public school, they're not as nimble as like these, these private schools and places. But mm -hmm. I don't think colleges were like, oh, I'm, I'm like really concerned about the learning that the, the student did because they have like a history of grades and then they were going to see senior year grades anyway. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure how much it would have changed things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say was, I guess, a couple of the biggest concerns that students this year had, um, like current seniors had when applying to colleges versus previous years without the pandemic? I think that people were a little bit more, um, I don't know, maybe like humble and, and less self-assured in, in their approach. So, okay. you know, they, 
they were more willing to listen to advice from us about, hey, you know, we really think you need to find places where we're sure you're going to get in and that you really like, you know, and invested in doing research in in that way because they finally like it's always been an uncertain process right yeah where especially when we get into the and, and when we get into the really selected places like anything can happen right you could get into one and not you know five others or you know whatever but now they were now like people are finally getting it like uh, oh yeah, this is going to be really uncertain, you know, and they're, and they're wondering about, well, did, you know, did people take gap years and, and, you know, is there going to be more or less room for me? And like, what do the past things mean? And, and all that. So, I mean, I think that that was one big thing. Um, and, and the students I worked with did a, did a, did a good job as good this year as, as they've ever done, you know, in any year, I think in part because of, because of that. I've been hearing a lot that this year and also next year, since a lot of schools are continuing to be test optional, mm -hmm. that the application numbers will raise and continue to do so and mm -hmm. in turn be harder to get in. At least that's what I've been hearing. So I know a lot of people are saying it's a bad time to be an applicant. Um, I kind of want to just get your, your thoughts on it. I know you already briefly covered it. And then maybe mm -hmm. if you have any insight, like for me personally, like how do colleges navigate this? Like how do they narrow down their applicant pool? Like what are they looking for? And mm -hmm. more on how do we kind of get through it? Like mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot of pressure on mm -hmm. us as we're going into college. Like do we just continue doing what we're doing or do we take a step back? Do we, mm -hmm. I don't know, look for other options? I, just general advice. Sure. I mean, to, to answer the question, is it a bad time to be an applicant? Uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't think it's, it's ever really a bad time. I mean, ideally, and this again, something you hear, I mean, this should be like an exciting, you know, kind of thing. Like you, you've probably all known for a long time that you're going to go to college. Like it's, it's going to eventually happen. You're going to be living somewhere the next year. You, you know, with other people, it, you know, it has the potential to be really, really great, you know, so it, it should, it should always um, be exciting. I mean, I, I think that, you know, a lot of things will depend on, you know, who you are, where you're applying and, 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 you know, all that is to like how difficult it's going to be or not. I, I mean, I think the one major, like two big pieces of advice that I, I have for people, one is that like, I know it can be difficult, but really work to avoid attaching your self worth and like what defines you to the places where you've gotten into college. Like if you knew, if you really truly knew like how asinine the, the whole process is, like you would be slapping yourself in the face because you were like, oh, I thought it meant so much that I would like I, I let the fact that I like got into this place say that I'm this kind of person or the fact that I didn't get into these places say something negative about me. It's, 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 it's sad, you know, in, in a lot of ways. I, and I understand why people do it and how we get to that point. But, but I think just, just resisting and avoiding the, the, the temptation to do that. And then, you know, the other thing too is like, is having a little bit of humility and understanding, you know, that there 
that there are like great and amazing opportunities for you at a, like a much wider variety of places than, than you may give credit for. Like if, if you just, you know, if you think about like what it takes say to be a college professor and, and the fact that those jobs are so scarce and so um, difficult to, to come by and, and, you know, the fact that the people who are teaching you in college, regardless if you go to Princeton or if you go to like, you know, if you go to Kenyon or, or you go to Augustana College in Illinois, like those are PhDs and people who are experts in their field who are teaching you. So, I mean, I think that really digging in and, and doing research on places that you may not be as familiar with um, and then really like arriving at a place of appreciation and understanding of how that could be a great place for you, you know? So like, for example, like, like example is I'll, I'll tell people, you know, I'll, I'll have my first meeting with them and, and, and I'll say like, what are you thinking about? Right. And, and then inevitably they'll go to really selected places, which I, which I totally would encourage them to do. And they're like, I, I really like, I, I, I like really want to go to Columbia. Like that, that's my number one choice, you know, and then I'll say why, and then they'll, they'll tell me. And then I say, all right, so you're applying to Columbia, right? and the application opens up in August. Like we know that that's happening, okay? So just take that and put it to the side and just know that we're, you're gonna be doing that application. Don't go grinding on like reading more about Columbia when you already know that you love it and you're gonna apply, right? It's mm -hmm. a waste of time. You know, spend your time, effort and energy talking to people about like, oh, what other places do what Columbia does well and that you found attractive, but that aren't so asinine in, in terms of like their process and how difficult it is to, to be admitted, you know? And then like really picture yourself there maybe and find some that we know you'll get into and then, you know, try to get to a place where you're happy with that. But yeah, you yeah. Know, those are like two, I mean, I have that conversation, I guess with a lot of people, but. No, I'm glad you talked about that and that you made those two points because it kind of reiterates what we as a group were talking about, what well, minus Clifford, but um, what we as a group were talking about in episode nine, like plug to go see that. But um, a lot of the things Dr. Lips just mentioned is a lot of the things that we reiterated or we came to the conclusion of through our own personal experience, our own personal insights, talking about like, you know, right after the whole process to use Andrew's term, it's all hogwash, right? To, to be like thinking of your success is like, you know, getting in here, that's, that's me. Like, this is what success is. We made a little comparison between society's outlook and mainly how it's society's outlook of how they define success and imposing that on the students versus actually taking it into context, which is a lot of good things that Dr. Lips just mentioned. So thank you for defending our conclusions and showing we weren't talking, you know, a whole bunch of hogwash. No, I think, I think you're right. I mean, and I don't think it'll feel random at times. Like people say it's random. It does. Yeah. It's it a lot random. Random. It feels that way. It's not random. If you, okay. if you talk to the college, it's, it's, it's very purposeful in, in what they do, but you know, your, your N right is, mm -hmm. is very small. Like for parents, their N is like one, right? It's their kid. Yeah their child right their their student for you it's like yourself and then like some of the people in your immediate circle okay for yeah. a person in a college admission office it's like tens of thousands of people like mm. you have no idea what it's what it's like to to you know work work through that and, and like i am working on this like imperfect analogy you know mm. with um 
to, to try to help people understand it. So it's like if, and it's a little bit materialistic. So tell me if it like, maybe it doesn't work. Okay. So That's you're right. a person, right? And someone comes to you and then they park like 10 luxury vehicles, like in front of your house, right? Like top of the line, like every, everything, like a Tesla and a Mercedes, blah, 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 all down the line. Right. Okay. And they tell you that, that you can pick one and then you can, you can have it. Right. So you're going to go through, right. You have something in your, in your mind, like what you like, what, what you want, what you want to drive, you know, like maybe it's comfort, maybe it's speed, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. so you end up, you're going to pick one. Okay. Yeah. And you picked it because that was like the one that, that spoke to you, right. That's the one that you wanted. And then someone's going to go to you and say, why didn't you pick like the Mercedes? Like what was wrong with that? You know? And it's like, well, there's nothing wrong with it. It's great. It's like, it's like objectively amazing, but I could only pick one, you know? And, okay. and that's kind of like how it will work for the people. Like it's an embarrassment of riches in some of these offices, okay. you know? of just like great kids so but then does that mean that each admission officer has like because that's implying you know everyone has their own kind of like preference right so it's up to that specific mm -hmm. admissions officer whether it that student speaks to that you're admissions the, officer versus you're the, the admission other one. office you're not you, the person picking the car is not one. Oh, okay so it's not like one all right that's good officer, that's something right. to clear up right <laughs> yes right. like they they talk and say like this is what we're this is this is what we are valuing and this is what we're looking for, you mm. know, as mm. a group. You don't ever know what that is. This is why it feels random, you know. Gotcha. Okay. And, and, and this is why, you know, we get to the point where like in my day, like there was a, there was a clear pecking order, right? So if you got into like, like these really selective schools, then every school that was less selective, you were also admitted to, okay? Now you'll hear about a student who, um, oh, this student got, you know, got into Yale, you know, so obviously they would get into like George Washington and they would get into Northwestern and Vanderbilt, but their decisions are going to be like all over the place, you know? So just because it's, there's a selectivity, there's, there's not this necessarily this, this pecking order. It's the places finding the students that they, you know, that, that they're, that they're going to match best with. So it's out of your hands, really. All you can do is the best work you can possibly do on your application and represent yourself in the, in the best way, you know, building the best pizza to talk about, like to the earlier thing and then just hope for the best, you know, at that point. So. I mean, if, if college admissions are trying to find the best fit, then you know that if you get accepted to somewhere, it will probably be a good fit. It gives me some comfort to think about that. It's like, if you get accepted to somewhere, like it's most likely going to be a good fit if you decide to go there. And I like it. I also know, I know we're running out of time, but I just wanted to chime in because Chloe sounded skeptical. I thought your car analogy was really good. Um, and helpful. <laughs> oh, thank Sorry. You. Okay. Like I said, yeah. it's like a tad, I feel it's like a tad like materialistic or something. So maybe there's, if you can think of something else I could use. Um, if but it felt accurate at least. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like I get that's what, you mean. what society thinks. It's about materialistic ideals rather than the holistic or personal approach. So I thought it was a good one. I mean, I'm just wondering, cause I mean, 
obviously the, the college is looking at each student from you know, an individual perspective and they have you know general idea of the type of student that would fit that school. But another thing I always hear about is you know constructing a class and kind of like not not necessarily evaluating each student by the same standards, but kind of evaluating the whole pool of students as like the pool that will be the class, meaning you want sort of different kinds of students. So how do you think that factors into like that decision? I mean, I think it's huge and it's everything. And, and it's another area in which the student has no control over it. You know, a, a student has no control over institutional priorities. Um, you know, the, the institution, like I said, they, they meet and connect before the admission season and they decide, you know, what kind of things they're looking for in their incoming class. And then you may be great and amazing and would know by no by all measures be an amazing student there. But it, given the applicant pool, it may not align with what they're what they're looking for. So I, I think that's important. And that's sort of where there's this they're never going to tell you exactly what that is or, you know, and they're not going to know what that looks like until their applicant pool comes in. And this is part of why it feels, you know, random, like I, like I said. But. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Thank you, Dr. Lips, for coming on the second time. Uh, just to let you know, everyone really loved you the first time you came on. So you're basically our most popular guest. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed being here as much okay. as we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this, is, this is great. Like, thanks for listening to me, you know, go on and on. But um, Ramble. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I'm happy to talk about this stuff anytime. Oh, yeah, we we found it very helpful. We hope these you answered a b bunch of questions that we had, and hopefully they prove helpful to those of you listening, um, incoming juniors, every incoming class that's applying to college. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening to Blurred Box with Andrew, Chloe, Clifford, Pooja, and Sophie. If you like our show and want to know more, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or please leave us a review on iTunes. And be sure to join us in two weeks for another episode of Blurred Box, as we'll be releasing, I think, every other Sunday. We would love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and questions, which you can email to blurredbox88 at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at Blurred Box for the latest updates. And shout out to our audio and video editors, Mosh Krause and Yin Zhang. We hope this episode was as productive for you guys as it was for us. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you.